0: And Media Group proudly present to you the Lone Gunman Podcast, featuring sure your host, Rob Clark, where research comes to shine and myths come to die. Stay tuned. Be right there.
1: What is up, people? This is your boy, Rob Clark. This is episode number 144 of the Lone Gummin' Podcast, and I got a doozy for you today, people. It's just me and your ears today, and a little fella by the name of Cal Corf. <laughs> you see, this guy's show that I found, stumbling across, searching for podcasts to listen to, captured my attention because... The title of his show was Finally, after all these years I've solved the JFK assassination. Oh, you have, have you? Well, let's take a listen. And that's what we're going to do today, folks. We're going to take a listen to Cal Corf explain to everybody out there how he solved the JFK assassination with commentary from your boy. Because it's gonna piss you off, just like it pissed me off, just like it prompted me to want to do this show, you're not gonna believe the smuggishness and douchebaggery that's about to ensue on this show, you have no idea, prepare yourself, folks, now let me explain real quick who this asshole is, okay, and I feel pretty comfortable calling him that, because, uh, Quite frankly, I think that's what he is. Now, he has a show on X-Zone Radio, which is Rob McConnell's network, in quotes. I love these guys that have these <laughs> these big self-serving networks. And, and it's funny to listen to a Rob McConnell show because he takes like three or four commercial breaks and news breaks and all this. And then when the commercials run, it's just ads for the other shows on his network. Like, really, dude? You know, I mean, I'm sorry, it's just annoying. Really annoying. Um, you know, I can understand having sponsors and, and running ads and stuff, but if you have a quote-unquote network, okay, you don't have to take breaks to promote other shows on your network, and it's really annoying how he does it. He he does it like literally five minutes into the interview. He's got to have a hard break. And then he has like three more in an hour. And it's so annoying. And it's just to promote other shows on his network or other podcasters that may have written a book or something that he wants to endorse that maybe they self-publish or whatever the the case is there. But anyway, I'm getting off track here. Excuse me. Now another thing I don't like about Rob McConnell is his interview style. He's like one of these uh, guys that invites you on a show. Like say, for instance, who have like a a person claiming to be able to speak to the other side, speak to the dead, communicate with the with you know with the other side. And maybe they have a, a TV show. Maybe they have a book out. Maybe they have something going on in their life that they want to promote or whatever. They come on a show. And he sneak attacks them. Like halfway through the interview, you know, he'll butter him up. And then he'll just dig the knife in and be like, oh, okay. So you claim to be able to talk to the dead. Well, you know, just for example, my mother's dead. I want you to speak to her and contact her and tell me what she says. On the spot, you know, with, with no prompting or anything like that. And half the time it, it ends up with the guest just hanging up and leaving which I don't blame him. Now, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to de- debunk frauds and this and that and whatever, whatever. But don't do it under the premise that you're inviting these people on your show to, pr- to promote whatever they're doing and then sneak attack them. It's just, I don't know. I just don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. You know, if that's what you want to do, let them know in advance. Say, I want you to demonstrate your abilities on the show. And if they say, well, I can't do that, and say, well, okay, you're not going to be on the show. Instead, I guess he thinks he's got good radio, you know, whatever. But anyway, some cat on his network has a show. His name's Cal Korf, and he talks about a whole bunch of different crap that nobody cares about. His big claim to fame, okay, is infiltrating a UFO cult in, like, the Netherlands or something, and helping to debunk... This this guy that 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 faked all these UFO sightings using like trash can lids and and the such. So that's his claim to fame, uh, and he's still riding it. And this was back in the '90s or whatever. Anyway, let's get right into it. It's gonna piss you off. It's gonna piss me off, and I'm gonna play his entire show here for you to listen to today. It's only 50 minutes long, but there will be commentary from me as we go along here, just so you know, and uh, yeah, you're probably going to smash your radio after this, but trust me, I feel the same way, so without further ado, let's get (coughs) into, sorry, (coughs) piece of steak, let's get into Cal's Corner, what's he doing in the corner, I don't know. I don't want to Welcome to another episode of Cal's Corner here on
2: the Exxon Broadcast Network. My name is Cal Korf and I'm your host and the executive producer of the show is Rob McConnell, who is the host and founder, of course, of the Exxon radio show. Welcome to tonight's episode. Uh, We have a special one in mind, at least in my view, and hopefully in yours as well. What we're going to talk about tonight is a subject that is still on the minds of literally millions of people around the world, especially Americans, and it concerns the subject of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, which occurred, of course, on November 22, 1963. Now, one might be tempted to dismiss Kennedy's assassination as well. It's a ev- tragic event from history, and it's no longer relevant today. But that's not true. And to prove that it is absolutely, completely relevant and still on the minds of millions of people, as it should be, uh, President Donald Trump has announced that in the next couple of days, barring something completely unexpected, the remainder of the still classified Kennedy assassination files, or JFK files, if you will, will finally be released to the public. Uh, President Trump has said, and he's right on this, that the American people have a right to know. Now, to be clear, this is not some sort of new idea that Trump came up with, although he deserves credit for making this move and issuing the order to release not only the the remainder of the files, but to also release... Unredacted versions of previous files that have been released by the government under the Declassification Act for JFK's records, but many of those files were blacked out. Trump has ordered that they be uncensored. So unless there is a objection that can pass, pass what?
1: Okay, real quick. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, Trump didn't order the files to be released and he didn't order them to be released unredacted. The JFK Act of 1992 ordered that the CIA and the FBI and any other relevant uh, government entity with JFK-related files be released by October 27, 2017. Now, what the CIA ended up doing is petitioning Donald Trump to keep some files classified, to keep some files redacted due to national security, which he did agree to. Trump hasn't issued any orders at all. Okay, back to our buddy Cal, since he knows so much about this.
2: One might call the smell test. It looks like they're all finally going to come out. Now, having said this, I'm going to go on record and predict ahead of time that despite Everything finally coming out, and again, we'll know in a couple of days whether that is really going to be true. I'm going to predict that there will be absolutely no evidence, none, zero, that can pass the smell test that indicates that Kennedy was killed as the result of a conspiracy in the sense of Lee Harvey Oswald was not the only shooter. And this comes-
1: Just as a quick sidebar, I hate the Canadians cannot pronounce Oswald. It's not Osweld. He's not welding two pieces of metal together. It's Lee Harvey frickin' Oswald. Not Osweld. Get it right. (sighs) And he made the bold prediction that even though all these files are going to be released, there's not going to be a damn thing in there that changes anything. So here we go. Back to Cal comes to the crux
2: of why people are still fascinated by Kennedy's murder from 1963. Even young people who were not born yet are interested in the subject. And they're interested for a couple of reasons, the main one being that the US government blew it many years ago, decades ago, when they investigated Kennedy's murder. They released what was called the Warren Commission report. And while it was admirable that they investigated the murder, the investigation had a lot of problems, and by the time that they wrote their final report, even the Warren Commission did not have the conclusive evidence that Kennedy was killed only by Oswald, yet that is the conclusion that they reached. So, I repeat, they didn't have all the smoking gun evidence, that would be discovered decades later. That Oswald did act alone. That's beyond dispute. And by the time this show is over, we will prove it. But the warrant.
1: Okay. They did not have at the time the smoking gun evidence to prove that Oswald was the lone assassin. That would come later. And he's going to prove it later in this show. Just bear that in mind, people. Okay? Cal. On the
2: commission, their investigation was incomplete. It didn't even look into certain areas that were classified. They didn't even know about them. We'll get into that after the commercial break. But they concluded that Oswald acted alone, even though they didn't have the definitive evidence to prove it. And when data started to materialize over the years that there were not only problems with the report, but that the investigation was incomplete, Then when the information came out, especially in the public hearings of the church committee in the 1970s, that uh, Robert Kennedy and John Kennedy, when he was president, he and his brother, because Robert was the attorney general at the time, they had conspired in secret to not only assassinate uh, Cuban dictator Fidel Castro, which they're not supposed to be in that business, but they did anyway. It was an initiative that they uh, championed. And it remained a dirty secret. And...
1: Alright, pump the brakes, Cal. Pump them, pump them, pump them. Okay, John Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy did not conspire to kill Fidel Castro. Okay, they did not order the hit on Fidel Castro. That was the CIA that did that, that was doing that. Granted, Bobby might have had some knowledge about it, but... Generally, killing people was not something that JFK would have signed off on. Sorry. Get your history right, Cal.
2: Classified and hidden from the Warren investigators. They didn't know anything about it. And that was rather inconvenient for the Warren Commission because Oswald was absolutely visiting the Cuban embassy in Mexico trying to redefect to that country days before he.
1: Er. Sh- Pump the brakes again, homeboy. Actually, the Warren Commission did know about it because Alan Dulles, the former head of the CIA, was sitting on the commission, and he knew all about the actions being taken against Cuba. So don't sit here and try to lie to the American people and say that the Warren Commission had no idea what was going on because they did, because Alan Dulles did. He chose not to say anything about it, That's his problem. He's part of the CIA. He was a former head of the CIA. He would have known. And he did know. But again, that's not what they were talking about. He's also speaking about Oswald visiting the Cuban embassy in Mexico as if it's some kind of fact. When we have zero evidence at all to substantiate that. Anyway, go on, Cal. Keep digging a hole
2: shot and killed President Kennedy. So this whole assassination scenario of what really happened to John Kennedy, how he was killed, it's rather detailed. In fact, I spent 16 years of my life studying the subject in detail. And after the commercial break, I'll explain how that study evolved, uh, what its conclusions were, why it became...
1: Sure, uh, sounds like 16 years of research. <laughs>
2: bit famous, if you will. It was featured widely in the media, and why its conclusions all these decades later have still remained valid. In fact, they have been independently confirmed by other researchers who are much more competent than I'll ever be on uh, things like computer 3D animation. So we're going to um, take a break in a moment and come back and start to get into the evidence about Kennedy's assassination take you up through time to the present. And we'll be back in a moment on the Cal's corner here on the Exxon broadcast network.
1: Oh, thank God. I'm going to pot this down while his network ad is playing. <laughs> so, yeah, you see how this all starts out. Okay. You see where he's coming from. You see how he's going to frame his argument already. Now for a guy who's been supposedly looking into this for 16 years, we're not even eight minutes into this show yet and he's already got at least five major facts completely and totally wrong. Totally wrong. It's almost unconscionable. And trust me, it only gets worse, people.
2: Stone Broadcast Network. My name is Cal Korf and I'm your host and the executive producer of the show once again is the legendary Rob McConnell.
1: Legendary okay. people, now, legendary. The
2: subject is President John F. Kennedy's assassination from November 22nd, 1963. I'm going to tell you that I can speak with authority on the subject and <laughs> I don't really have an ego in it. For me personally as a <laughs> journalist and researcher, I don't really care whether Kennedy was killed as a result of a conspiracy or not. What I care about is the truth. I went in to study this subject, like many people did, um, actually by happenstance. So let me take you through time now, going back to my childhood of how I got involved in studying Kennedy's murder and eventually solving it, and I'll tell you what the conclusions were. Now, um, like all Americans, I grew up with the aftermath of Kennedy's assassination. In fact, I remember I used to ask my dad who killed Kennedy, and he didn't really know. And he admitted that the government did not know. He believed there may have been a conspiracy to kill Kennedy. Maybe. But for me, although it bothered me that we couldn't, nobody seemed to have a single answer, for me, the issue didn't come to a head until I was in high school. Now, ironically, when I went to high school, I went to a high school named John F. Kennedy High School.
1: <gasps> it was no named
2: way. after President Kennedy because he had been killed. Hmm. It was and still is located in Fremont, California. I went there for four years, and one day,
1: hey, I graduated in four years! To
2: Amazing. In doing an extra credit report for school, and I
1: asked Brown a teacher, knows.
2: "Who killed Kennedy?" I wasn't interested in the subject as far as trying to solve a mystery. So I wanted to save some time in the library and research in the report. I could write basically what he told me. So he told me that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald had killed Kennedy. I asked another teacher, and I got a different answer. He told me the mafia killed Kennedy. Then I asked another teacher, and he told me that Lyndon Johnson, working with the FBI and CIA, did it.
1: Uh. Because Kennedy
2: was opposed to the Vietnam War. So basically... I quickly realized as a young student that if I asked 10 people who killed Kennedy, I would get at least 11 opinions. And oh, that
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: What bothered me was that here was a real historical event, a very earth-changing event for society back then and subsequently. The president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world at the time, he gets cut down in the prime of his life, and nobody can say who killed him. That hmm. just doesn't make any sense. Furthermore, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands actually, of photographs taken that day. There was even a motion picture thousands
1: film taken of photographs? the
2: brutal assassination, okay. capturing it in detail enough to where it should be obvious as to who killed Kennedy.
1: But you yet think? that is
2: not what happened. That is not what the answers were that Were forthcoming. Instead, there was all this talk of a conspiracy, multiple shooters, instead of what the government was saying, which was that Lee Harvey Oswald had acted alone. Hmm. Now, to understand the core of the Kennedy assassination, you can't ignore Oswald. Even if you believe that he is a patsy, that he was innocent, that he was framed, that he was one of the shooters, keyword being one of them, not the only one. Huh. You still cannot ignore Oswald because it is a fact that he defected to the United States. He offered the Russians and gave the Russians information he had learned as they a – defected
1: Marine, to the United States. Uh, huh.
2: Concerning okay. especially the use of radar. He was a radar operator in mm. Japan.
1: He did. Uh, briefly
2: assigned at the same military base at the
1: – Funny U-S-S-S- he denied that.
2: And secretly flown out of over the Soviet Union, and we must remember that the Russians had uh, managed to shoot down a uh, U-2 on occasion. It was very allegedly. Rare, remember, Francis Gary Powers had been shot down. So during one of the stressful times, uh, peak stress times, and tension times, if you will, of the Cold War, here's Oswald defecting to the Soviet Union, claiming oh, now he's he was a Marxist. The right.
1: Soviet there Union. are
2: many yep. Marines who served with him. They remember calling him Comrade Oswald because he was always talking about Russia. But when he went to Russia, he became very disillusioned because, as history has repeatedly proven, there is no such thing as a real communist country. It has hmm. never existed in the past. It doesn't exist in the present, and it's not going to exist in the future. The reason it can't is because communism doesn't really work. It is a delusion. Scientists will find evidence that unicorns exist before a real communist <laughs> country will ever be in existence. Hmm. So Oswald marries a woman who is the uh, niece of an important KGB officer. So well, the Soviets FSB spy on him, and then they want an excuse to get rid of him. He gets bored of life in the Soviet Union. And then Does he? he wants to come back to Russia. So he goes to the U.S. Comes embassy. Comes back to,
1: he wants to come back uh, to Russia. a
2: sob story. And the Holy embassy hell. worker, who took his passport, never tore it up. She kept it in the drawer, figuring he was a naive man that would wake up to reality <laughs> one day. And then he a woman trying to go back to America. And that's exactly what he did. He settled eventually, uh. Uh, after spending time in New Orleans... Uh, in Dallas, Texas, and he ended up working in the Texas School Book Depository. Friends who knew the Oswalds in his depository arena felt sorry for them, especially since he was an abusive man who had anger management problems to understate the issue. He oh. would beat his wife often, and th- this is beyond question. And
1: he-, he would beat his wife often. This is beyond question. <laughs> I love these definitive statements. Prove it, Cal. Prove it, you son of a bitch. He was insanely insecure and insanely
2: jealous, and he viewed himself as smarter than everybody. And it was a bit humiliating for him to work in a a book depository. Where does this come from? So when you look at Oswald, you see there is circumstantial evidence, and it is circumstantial that he had the temperament, if you will, or the psychosis to commit violence
1: to try to kill
2: President Kennedy. And let me share a few facts with you, which are, of course, ignored largely by the conspiracy media, which, unfortunately, is most of the media. Polls indicate today that as many as 90% of Americans, depending on which group you ask, actually believe wrongly that uh, Kennedy was killed as a result of a conspiracy. And we
1: Now, what he's saying is that the media is behind these conspiracy theories he is couldn't be more wrong you couldn't be more wrong the media the mainstream media puts out all this crap about supporting the lone gunman theory you know you got the 6th floor and Gary Mack and all them guys used to do all these videos on history on the history channel you know it, Sorry. Maybe a lot of people believe there was a conspiracy, but the media, trust me, does not.
2: Can blame the government for that, for blowing it with both lips, per se, over the Warren Commission report, and then again, it
1: with both later, lips.
2: In the 1970s with the House Select Committee on Assassinations, who concluded just the opposite that Kennedy was most likely murdered as a result of a conspiracy. Hmm. And they, of course, uh, cited mafias being possibly involved. It turns out that that verdict was not accurate or correct either, and we'll prove that by the end of this show.
1: He will prove so that by the end of the, he's, a, he's got a lot of shit to prove by the end of the end show. A
2: very unusual act of violence after he got his rifle, the Manliker Carcano that he later used to shoot Kennedy with. He went ahead and tried to assassinate General Walker, who was a A highly visible figure during World War II who was a right-leaning conservative, very anti-communist. And he made a name for himself in the back area of southern Germany. Uh, That's where Hitler, of course, uh, had his uh, eagle's nest and where the SS did a lot of their training. There were a lot of secret underground bunkers there, and the Americans under command of General Walker took over that area. And, of course, settled down in there for years in the first years of the Cold War. And then Walker uh, had a problem with some of his politicking in the military, like General McCarthy. He was encouraged to resign or uh, did was forced out of the military. And uh, he settled down in Texas and was threatening to uh, upend the political establishment and run for political office. Oswald developed a hatred for him, and what Oswald did one night is he took his rifle out and he tried to kill, Uh, he took a shot at General Walker. Oswald, who had a rifle he was still getting used to because he didn't own it for a long time before he tried to kill Walker, he actually fired a bullet which went through the window of the study room that Walker had, and it just missed him in the head. Did it there is no question that a bullet came from Oswald's rifle? Yeah, no question. Oswald's huh? wife Maria has did testify to investigators after the assassination under that duress he did try to kill Walker. So you have to ask yourself this question if Oswald was a sweet, innocent Patsy who was set up, what type of innocent, decent person tries to shoot and kill a military general? The answer is that. People just normally don't behave that way, and thankfully they don't. They don't go around trying to assassinate other people.
1: Again, eyewitnesses to the Walker shooting state that there was two men there and the use of a vehicle involved in it. Oswald didn't drive, and there's never been any proof of anybody else that would have been with him or anything like that's ever came up. (sighs) And I don't even think they can match the bullet to his gun. So he's spouting some more facts here. All right, Cal, what What else you got for us?
2: Shooting them through the window of their study. But this is what Oswald did. We must also remember that even if you are naive and just refuse to believe that Oswald had anything to do with Kennedy's murder, that he didn't even pull the trigger, which is wrong, you have to accept the fact that he... Killed a Dallas police officer. His last name was Tippett. He was shot within 30 minutes, roughly.
1: Now we have to accept the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald shot a police officer. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Despite the fact that nobody could pick him out of a lineup. Ah. Let's continue, Cal.
2: After Kennedy was murdered. And again, you have to ask yourself this question. First of all, Oswald was carrying his pistol. And while people can carry pistols, they do, especially in Texas. Oswald was carrying his pistol. He was stopped by Officer Tippett, J.D. Tippett. And what happened is Oswald killed him, fired several rounds into him at point blank. It was, the murder was witnessed by several people in the area. Then Oswald went to a theater, hid out. The police went in there after he refused to pay for it.
1: Again, it was one shot at point-blank range and the other three not at point-blank range. Cows, facts shine again.
2: Ticket and the police were called. They went in there. They tried to apprehend him. Oswald tried to reach for his gun, tried to shoot a police officer, but luckily the hammer of the pistol never struck the back of the bullet because the skin and webbing in between the index finger and the thumb got in the way of the officer who reached over to grab Oswald's gun before it could discharge around. Had Oswald fired that shot, he would have killed another police officer. So you have to ask yourself, again, a common-sense question, folks. What type of person who is innocent, who is not a killer, who would never harm a fly, he beats his wife, he has anger management problems, he is upset with the system, he calls himself a Marxist, he tries to kill General Walker, he does murder Officer Tippett, and before he shot Tippett, he killed the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, because – Coincidentally, not as a result of any conspiracy, Kennedy's limousine happened to go by. Oswald exploited the opportunity like a lot of criminals do. They are opportunists. Terrorists are opportunists. So Oswald was never the sweet, innocent patsy that the conspiracy literature literally lies to you about.
1: And there's the motive, folks. It was just an opportunity. It was just an opportunist. Just an opportunist.
2: Oswald had serious problems to the point that he committed murder. He murdered at least two people. He would have murdered General Walker had he been a better shot. Now these are facts that you can't deny. Tippett was shot by Oswald.
1: Oh, we can deny him, asshole.
2: There is no question that Oswald killed him. Oswald tried to shoot another officer in that field. There is a question. There is no question he came close to doing it. There is question. The issue of John Kennedy. Was he really shot by Oswald? Well, let me briefly tell you before the station break here, then we'll get into the evidence that proves that Oswald acted alone. A lot of people point to the Zabruder film, okay? And they say, well, that's evidence that Kennedy was shot from the front. That's why the body falls back to behind. Well, after the station break, Back and address that and prove that physics just doesn't work that way.
1: Back to behind. <laughs> and it's back into the left, numbnuts. nuts. And, oh, they plot the station breakdown again so they can pimp some more shows on their gay network. <clears throat> okay. So, you see where we're going with this, folks? You know, a lot of quote unquote facts are being given to you, courtesy of Cal Corf. Um, Facts that are indisputable, so he says. Facts that you can't deny, he says. And you see how he's framing the narrative for Oswald as the lone assassin because he was so disgruntled. he was such, He had such anger issues. And he was an opportunist. So... <laughs> Yeah, you see where it's going. Welcome back to the third segment here on Cal's Corner Radio Show here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Hmm. My name is... This thing over yet?
2: Shit. And once again, the executive producer of the show is Rob McConnell. Now, tonight we've been talking about the assassination of President John F. Kennedy from November 22nd, 1963. Let's continue that, and we will now lay out in this segment all of the main points of evidence,
1: which conclusively proves that Kennedy was shot only by... And here we people, go. ...not as the
2: result of a conspiracy. Now, Kennedy's murder was captured on film by Abraham Zabruder. He took a famous 8 millimeter movie that is nearly 30 seconds long that shows the assassination in enough detail where that film is the proverbial smoking gun, if you will, for lack of a better term and don't mean to have a pun there, Uh, that basically is the linchpin of the case. (laughs) That film has been looked at probably by more Americans than any other single piece of footage. And that film has unfortunately been grossly misunderstood and distorted and misrepresented by those who often comment about it. And this is especially the pro-conspiracy press and exploiters. Now, if you look at the Zabruder film, and anybody can see it online, it's it's free. You can even download your own copies. It is in the national archives. It belongs to the American people. That's illegal. It's and copyrighted. Can see that Kennedy, of course, another gets wrong the shot. And what everybody has a opinion on is the moment where Kennedy seems to fall backwards because his head explodes because of a headshot that the assassin Oswald, in this case, the third shot, hit Kennedy with. Now, there are conspiracy nuts who will say, well, that's actually the fourth shot and that that fourth shot came from a second gunman almost at the same time as the third shot in what was infamously called a crossfire and that uh, there was a second gunman and the proof is in the evidence that Kennedy's body falls backwards. Well, unfortunately, physics doesn't work that way. Conspiracy nuts ignore physics and other realities to deceive you and convince you of something that isn't true.
1: So hang on a second. So what we see in the Zapruder film has been misrepresented by conspiracy nuts to deceive the people because that's not how physics works. So what he's basically telling you is believe in the jet effect that's been debunked. Don't believe any hunters out there who have ever shot anything that's moving and alive in nature that follows the, I guess it's the Einsteinian principle that an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So when you shoot something, the bullet is going to keep traveling, even though it hits something, unless it goes through them. Now, we don't have an exit wound in the front of Kennedy's head from a supposed shot from behind. Therefore, if the shot from behind is the shot to the head that killed him, the bullet would have been in, still in Kennedy's skull which would have caused his skull to propel forward, not back into the left, forward, following the perpetual motion of the bullet, because it's traveling so fast. So, but we're supposed to believe cow science here. Now it's cow science corner. Let's learn. Now,
2: if you look at the Zabruder film, Ask yourself this question. Have you ever seen a real human being shot in real life, yes or no? Well, most people who have viewed that film have never seen a human being, thankfully, shot in real life. Now, you say, well, it looks like Kennedy falls back, so he had to have been shot from the front. Well, who gave you the idea that bodies always fly backwards when they're shot from the front? Where do you get that from? If you've never seen a human being shot, how do you know that bodies always fly backwards? You don't know, you can't know, you've never seen it, but yet everybody looks at them
1: We don't need to know <clears throat> okay there's been scientific tests done on this. Most people who have seen people killed with a hand, with a gun have seen people killed with a handgun It has nowhere near the velocity of the shot from a rifle. Most people haven't seen people get shot with rifles. Unless they've been a sniper in the Marine Corps or in the Army or in one of the armed forces, they've never seen anybody killed in their reaction to it with a rifle. But science has tested it over and over again. Back to Cal Science Corner
2: film and says ah it must have been shot from the front because Kennedy goes flying backwards well where are they getting that from well if people are honest they'll admit that they're getting it from TV and they're getting it from Hollywood but guess what folks Hollywood and TV don't use real bullets Lee Harvey Oswald did Kennedy died because real bullets were used and high powered ones at that so
1: no this shit, idea that Sherlock. Always
2: fly backwards because I mean, somebody shot you from the front. Again, physics doesn't work that way. Physics has never worked that way. Huh. And most people looking at this Bruder film have never seen a person shot in real life, and they're not physicists. So let me explain to you now the real motion and mechanics. Oh, please
1: do, Professor.
2: What this Bruder film captured, and if you don't believe me, and I encourage you not to. Don't take my, my word for what I'm about to tell you. Check it out. And if I'm wrong, expose me, okay? I and am. And I don't have an ego in this. But what I'm telling you is the truth. Now, in the Zabruder film, there is a couple of areas that solve Kennedy's murder. And anybody hmm. can verify this. I can share this with you because facts are facts. And the greatest thing about facts hey, onto your is seats, anybody folks.: anybody should be able to double check them any time they want to. Facts are inviolate. They're irrelevant to people's opinions. They stand or rise or fall on their own. Now, regarding Kennedy, the Warren Commission made the mistake of assuming something very wrong. They assumed that the first shot from Oswald would not have occurred until after Kennedy's limousine cleared the view of the tree branches that were blocking Oswald's view from the sixth floor window where he shot at Kennedy's limo from. In other words, they said, well, nobody would shoot with tree branches blocking their view. That would be a stupid thing to do. So the first shot must have been after Kennedy cleared the tree branches that were obscuring Oswald's view. Well, it turns out that wasn't true. In fact, the first shot actually occurred around frames 160 to 161 of the Zabruder film. And we know that because
1: How do we know you can that? try
2: this experiment yourself. Okay. You can try it with firecrackers. Mm. When people hear loud noises, especially unexpectedly, if they're holding a camera, they're going to shake a little bit. Okay. Mm. It's called the shake effect. And so when
1: you look at this Bruder film, you will see. Is that like after when you go to the bathroom? 160 to 161.
2: So Bruder suddenly jerks his camera for a fraction of a second.
1: Mm. That's
2: because he's reacting to the noise of the first shot. And if you look at the eyewitness testimonies, many of them, especially those near uh, the Texas Schoolbook Depository, who were down on the sidewalk below, they will say that the shot first rang out. The first one sounded like a firecracker. They said, after uh, Kennedy's limo had just rounded the corner. And if you triangulate where people said they saw it, it puts it around frames 160 to 161. And you, uh, this is a Bruder film, and you do see this. Jerky motion consistent with a shot. Now, the second shot, this is the most contentious other than the headshot. Now, this is what has been derisively called by conspiracy nuts as the so called magic bullet. Well, first of all, like UFO conspiracy nuts who have their own unique vocabulary, which means something to them, but in the real world.
1: Now, again, let me stop for a second. Our professor, Cal Korf, here is telling us that the second shot is the magic bullet, which is not what the Warren Commission concluded. They concluded that the second shot missed Kennedy and managed to hit James Tagg further down the way. What he's saying is that the first shot missed and that the second shot hit and the third shot hit. This is not what the Warren Commission said at all, Calcorf. It's It's
2: meaningless and useless and a bit of a joke. The conspiracy nuts in the Kennedy murder also have their own unique vocabulary. They will describe this bullet in the second shot as being a magic bullet, as if it has some impossible characteristics. They talk about a, the bullet hitting Kennedy in the back, exiting his throat, and then making a turn in midair to the right, where it then reverses direction and goes to the left and strikes Governor John Connolly in the back and then exits below his right nipple.
1: The- Again, he's using the movie JFK to illustrate this example. No real... Conspiracy nut, as he calls him, believes that the bullet changed trajectory in midair. okay That's just stupid. The reason we call it a magic bullet is because it came out looking practically pristine after supposedly creating seven wounds in two people and going through bone in the rib in Connolly's rib, his wrist, and finally into his leg. And managed to leave fragments that were removed from John Connolly's wrist. And there's still some that's still in it. Yet the bullet comes out almost perfectly shapen. And they could not recreate this bullet. This shot in cadavers. They could only recreate, recreate what the bullet looked like when it was shot into cotton wadding. That's why it's a magic bullet bullet then tumbles down into his wrist, where he's holding his uh, Stetson Texas hat like a good Texan. It
2: exits the wrist, it then enters the leg, and then was magically found rolling out of his pants later at Parkland Hospital. And they claim the bullet was in pristine condition. So whenever a conspiracy nut, where it concerns the Kennedy assassination tells you it was a pristine bullet, tell them to go back to school and pay attention this time, or at least get a dictionary and learn something. The word pristine is basically similar to the word virgin. It means it's untouched, it's never been touched before.
1: That's not what we're saying, asshole. Okay, it's pristine looking. Yes, we know there's like a little flat part on one side, okay? But if it did, what it's attributed to have been done, creating these seven wounds and two people and going through this bone, the bullet would have been deformed, mushroomed, okay? To the point of it not looking like a pristine bullet, But what we have, in fact, is a pristine-looking bullet. Not a pristine bullet that's never been fired straight out of the ammo box. We have a pristine-looking bullet. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it, but it's definitely not missing any of the fragments that was pulled out of Connolly's wrist. Okay, these are Warren Commission... Uh, Exhibits that you can go look in the twenty-six Volumes and see for yourself. They have pictures of the fragments. They have pictures of the x-rays of John Connolly's wrist and his leg and his ribs and his broken ribs. You can see that the bullet supposedly did all this damage. And if it had done what it's attributed to be done to it, it would have not come out looking like it did. The only way the Warren Commission could recreate this bullet is to shoot it into cotton wadding. Every time they shot into a cadaver, it looked like it was supposed to. It was mushroomed and way, way deformed. Anyway, back to Cow Science Corner. You can see why I got so pissed off listening to this show. If you have a
2: pristine bullet, it means it has not been fired. The bullet that was found in Parkland Hospital that rolled out on the stretcher from Connolly's pants was not a pristine bullet. It had been fired. Duh, hello. It was not a magic bullet either. In fact, if you look at the end of that bullet and on one side of the bullet, it's completely flat. You couldn't reload it back into the barrel and use it again. But yet the conspiracy nuts deliberately only photographed that bullet from an angle that shows the round side. They'll never.
1: It was not completely flat. He makes it sound like it was just flattened on one side. It was barely. Flattened. It was not completely flattened in any way. This bullet would have looked way different. Again, as I say, if it had gone through and created seven wounds and two people and struck all these bones, it would have looked way different. They shot into a cadaver's wrist and it come out looking like a mushroomed, opened-up bullet where you can see the lead inside. And this is all... Commission exhibits you can see for yourself in the Warren Commission Report, Cal i show
2: you the other side that's flat. Now the reason that bullet is flat on one side is because it slammed into the ribcage of Governor Connolly and broke his fifth rib. It then exited below his nipple, it entered his wrist, and it didn't shatter the bone in such a way that caused him to release his hat You can see his wrist flicks up. That's an indication of when the bullet struck the wrist. And in fact, if you look at John Connolly in the Zabruder film itself, you can actually see the moment that one bullet, and yes, it was one bullet, the second shot, went through both Kennedy and Connolly and ended up uh, being slowed so much in velocity that it rolled out of his pants at uh, Parkland Hospital. And let me prove to you how you can do that. If you look at frames 224 and 225 and 226 of the Zabruder film, look at Governor Connolly. Don't look at Kennedy. And this is the big mistake that everybody made. They looked at Kennedy. Well, if you look at Connolly, you will see during those three frames of that film, and I know this because I'm the one who found it, and I'd love to tell you it was, due to some brilliant analysis, was actually an accidental discovery, which I'll get to in a moment. But if you look at frames 223, two twenty four.
1: <laughs> so now he's actually claiming a discovery in JFK research. A quite brilliant one at that, supposedly. Uh, Cal, let me break it to you, buddy. I don't know how to say this, but. You weren't the first to do anything in the jfk assassination there have been hundreds of people before you Just try and say what you're about to say so please
2: let's hear it For 225 and okay look at 226 as well you will see the right lapel of governor Connolly's suit um, flip up for a fraction of a second and then suddenly go back down that moment in those three to four frames where the lapel violently flips up and goes back down is the actual moment that the bullet has pierced his suit. You have to remember that the frames of that movie that was shot by Zabruder, they went through the camera at a bit over 18 frames a second. So this is a very small period of time. And if it was one bullet that went through both Kennedy and Connolly. Now you need to look back at Kennedy and see what he's doing because he should already be reacting to what was a shot in the back that exited below his Adam's apple and came out of his throat. It then went ahead and uh, slammed into.
1: Okay, Cal, you just heard what he said. Kennedy was shot in the back. It came out under his Adam's apple and then came out his throat. Now, even a remedial eighth grader proficient at somewhat reasonable geometry could draw you a line from the back to the throat of a person and have it at an upward trajectory, which does not at all match A shot from the sixth floor depository. But please continue, sir. To Governor
2: Connolly, who was seated uh, slightly uh, in front of Kennedy. If you look at the drawings in the conspiracy books, they put Connolly too far to the right. That alters the uh, theoretical trajectory of the bullet. Actually, if you look at accurate blueprints of the limousine, you'll see that uh, Connolly was right in the straight line fire to receive that bullet, which he did after it exited uh, between the uh, throat muscles of John Kennedy. So again, look at those four frames, 223, 224, 225, 226. You will see that lapel flip up. You will see that Kennedy is already grabbing at his throat. Why is he grabbing at his throat? Because a bullet has just gone through it. And we know that the entrance wound to John Connolly was slightly longer than the length of the bullet itself. Now think about that. Bullets spin okay, around, therefore they enter with a round impression. If the bullet entrance wound is longer than the length of the bullet, that proves the bullet tumbled. The bullet had to tumble because after it left Kennedy's throat, it had already hit something, therefore it began to tumble. It slammed into Connolly's body sideways, and that's why the entire side of the bullet is flat, and that's why it smashed one of his ribs and then exited below the right nipple, hit the wrist, And by the time it landed in his leg, it had lost so much energy from going through what had been at this point two human bodies that that's why the bullet rolled out later in Parkland Hospital because it didn't have enough kinetic energy, energy due to motion, to stay in his leg and uh, for doctors to then remove later. And that's exactly how it happened, folks. And then if you look at frame 313, that's the fatal headshot, you'll see that Kennedy doesn't really fall backwards. He falls towards the left in a diagonal direction. He falls in a direction that is consistent with the direction of the matter exiting his brain from when the bullet exits his skull and pushes him backwards. We'll be right back after this station break and continue uh, wrapping
1: up. Now we have the bullet exiting the back of his head. He just said it. I, I can't, You can't make this shit up, folks. I mean, I just can't even with this guy. It's just too easy. But he wants to come across as a smug, know-it-all douchebag who loves to cut down conspiracy theorists. When almost none of his points have any basis in fact whatsoever. It's just unconscionable. But here we go. Here we
0: go. And just a disclaimer, I'm trying to cut out most of the so-called commercials. Call 213 uh, 0080, just to, so you don't have to, to, to deal with them,
1: on because any phone, anytime, it's really annoying anywhere. hearing them advertise their own broadcast network five thousand times during zero, the course zero, of a radio eight, zero, show.
0: For the best of the paranormal. Par- Welcome back to the fourth and final
1: segment of Cal's Corner. Thank radio God, fourth and final. Broadcast network. My name is Cal Korf, and I'm your host. You know, folks. It Hallelujah. An hour to explain
2: all the nuances involved in Kennedy's assassination.
1: No it's shit.
2: A complicated affair and. I'm just talking about the mechanics. Especially when you don't know what you're talking about, a fallout. So, getting back to what we were saying, again, if you look at frames 223 through 226 of this Bruder film, you will see, again, this lapel flipping up, and that is the moment of the second shot, and you will see Kennedy is already grabbing for his throat because a bullet has already exited his throat and is slammed into Governor Connolly. The lapel flipping up, was caused by the bullet going through Connolly's suit and body. So, now that there we've proven that there is no magic bullet, that it is wrong to use that term and the term pristine bullet when it wasn't pristine, and we've proven that the conspiracy nuts
1: You haven't proven shit.
2: conveniently from an angle which makes it look like it's in perfect condition when it is not. Let's talk yeah, about Yeah, that's what we do.
1: We're so dishonest.
2: Again, if you look at the Zabruder film, you will see that Governor Connolly is lined up perfectly uh, to receive that second shot. Then you see Kennedy falling what seems to be backwards. But if you really look at the way he's falling, it's at an angle. And the reason he's falling at an angle is because so much matter is coming out of the right uh, forward portion of his skull that it's pushing his body backwards okay so people will look at that and say well he must have been shot from the front that's why he's falling backwards again most
1: now now it's now matters escaping out of the right front part of Kennedy's skull which is not damaged at all in any autopsy photos so keep going Cal people keep digging who brother
2: I have never seen a human being thankfully shot in real life They get their so-called expertise, opinions, from Hollywood movies, from TV, cop series, or whatever. And Hollywood uses blanks. Oswald used real bullets. So there is no evidence at all, none, zero, that proves that Kennedy was shot from the front by a second grassy knoll gunman. Now, people will say, well, there is evidence. In fact, uh, there are witnesses. We have their accounts. We saw some of them in the movie JFK by Oliver Stone, or we read about uh, the uh, conspiracy in Jim Mars's book, because Mars was a uh, consultant to Oliver Stone. Well, first of all, uh, I knew Jim Mars. He's no longer uh, with us. He passed away. But I will tell you point blank that We had a falling out over two issues. One is I was able to prove to him that he was outright lying, I'm being blunt with you, in his Kennedy book. And he was a believer in the Billy Meyer UFO cult. He actually has about 10 pages uh, dedicated in his book on UFOs about the cosmic Watergate, which doesn't really exist. And I told him that, you know, you've destroyed your credibility. First of all, you're, you're not telling the truth regarding Kennedy, and I'll prove that in just a second. Uh, hmm. Now you're a Billy Meyer believer, and of course I exposed the Meyer UFO cult in my book, Spaceships of the Pleiades, The Billy Meyer Story, and we've done it here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. There was a special recently, I believe it was in August, exposing Billy Meyer on Rob McConnell's Exxon radio show. So the fact that Meyer was exposed for many years before Mars wrote his book, he just chose to ignore that, is Mars's problem. Now let me prove to you where Mars outright lied. Jim Mars puts in his book that Jean Hill, the lady dressed in the famous red uh, overcoat, the lady in red, as she loved to call herself, saw the second gunman on the grassy knoll, and she even wrote a book and said she chased him, and she told this fantastic story to Jim Mars. Well, I pointed out to Mars what was obvious. If you look at photographs taken that day by many different photographers and even the Zabruder film itself that show Jean Hill, because you can't miss her, she's the only one wearing a bright red raincoat that day, you'll see that she didn't chase any assassin. In fact, photographs taken by many different photographers, and you can look them up on the Internet, folks, don't take my word for it, show that Jean Hill didn't even cross the street for up to two minutes after Kennedy had been shot so what was the other assassin doing waiting for her to come chase him were they playing tag no she was lying so when she says that she immediately ran across the street
1: she never said she immediately ran across the street she said eventually they did go across she did go across the street and of course her story changed Over the years, Jim Mars was simply relating it, okay? Jim Mars is not lying. This is what Gene Hell said, okay? Do not, do not speak ill of the dead, Calcorf.
2: Ran up the knoll, saw these bright red drops on the ground, which turned out to be from a snow cone. All of that is just made up. She might as well have said she saw a unicorn as well. I pointed out to Jim Mars that look at photographs taken. They prove she just stood there while a lot of other people ran across the street, but she stayed and didn't bother going and joining them. In fact, she looked confused. In fact, if you look at freeze frames of the Zabruder film, you'll see that she wasn't even looking at Kennedy when the headshot went down. She was looking back towards the depository. Why? Because the shots came from there from Oswald. Duh, hello. Now, what did Mars do?
1: Despite nobody, well, not nobody, but nobody that far down on Elm Street thought the shots were coming from the depository. Anyway.
2: Nothing. I pointed out to him, he lived in Texas, uh, these images. Nothing. He didn't write a retraction, didn't correct nothing, and two Till the time he went to his grave, he repeated the same story over and over, the story about Gene Hill not telling people the truth. Another thing he refused to admit the truth on was the witness Gordon Arnold. I pointed out to Mars, show me one single photo or piece of footage taken that day out of thousands that show Gordon Arnold standing anywhere in Dilley Plaza because Gordon Arnold said he saw the second gunman behind the grassy knoll Turns out Gordon Arnold wasn't in Dilly Plaza that day. He doesn't show up in any pictures. And he had to if he was there. Everyone else is visible, but not him, because he wasn't there. And then there's Ed Hoffman, the deaf mute, who said he saw the second gunman. Well, I've been to Dilly Plaza, so have countless other people. And if you stand where Hoffman says he was standing, where he said he was looking at what he was observing... It turns out that he'd have to have the eyes of a hawk to see what he claims. It just isn't true. He was too far away to see anything of any value. And, of course, he said nothing during the Warren Commission years. And...
1: No shit, Cal. The man is a mute. He obviously cannot say anything. And, you know, the whole thing of... You know, when when you don't have a couple of your other senses, it just makes the ones you do have that much more strong. Like if you can't hear and you can't talk, then your sense of touch, taste, and sight are going to be dynamite because you have to rely on it so much more. And your brain doesn't have to deal with interpreting sounds or speech. Therefore, it is more capable of handling and interpreting sight, taste, and touch much more efficiently. So even though Cal Corf couldn't see anything from where Ed Hoffman was standing, he cannot sit here and say that Ed Hoffman did not see what he saw with such a, you know, proficient exclamation. And they just ignore that.
2: Jim Mars ignored it. So the so-called three hardcore witnesses to Kennedy's murder, that say they saw the grassy note gunman and in the case of Gene Hill even chased him, they're liars. And you can look at photographs taken that day, especially of Gene Hill, and you will see that she's standing right there. She's not chasing anybody, and there's no question that's her. But you look at Oliver Stone's movie, she's a hero. She was the one who chased the assassin, and it isn't true. Now, her best friend at the time was Mary Mormon. She took that famous Polaroid photograph that shows Kennedy um, just shy uh, around the time of the headshot and what is actually after the fatal headshot. And you can see the two were best friends. Well, Mary Mormon went on record as saying that she quit being friends with Gene Hill because of Gene Hill. But yet Gene Hill went on many, many talk shows, including Maury Povich, told her sob story, And she was not telling the truth. And I met Jean Hill years ago at the American Bookseller Association Convention when Oliver Stone's movie was out. She had a book out called Jean Hill, The Last Dissenting Witness. And she wasn't a dissenting witness at all. She lied in her account. I confronted her at her publisher's uh, booth, and I said, stop lying to the people. That's exactly what you're doing. She got all mad, went off in a huff. And I held up for people to see at that convention color photographs from Life magazine showing that Jean Hill didn't chase anybody. She was standing there while everyone else practically ran across the street and that Jean Hill didn't.
1: Okay, so he's saying he's got photos from Life magazine showing that Jean Hill did not cross the street. Now I don't know exactly what photos from Life magazine he's looking at. But there was a lot of other photos taken that day by Dallas newsmen that did not get published in um, Life magazine. And he's probably looking at movie stills from the Zapruder film or the Much More film or even the next film. And he's not taking into account exactly when Jean Hill crossed the street and went over to the knoll, which she did do. Now, exactly when, it's hard to say, but he can't sit here and say that she's a liar. And, I mean, you can see what kind of asshole would show up at a book signing that she, where she's doing it and call her a liar to her face, to to the point where she has she has to leave a book signing And then he's holding up pictures saying, see, this woman's a liar. She's lying to you. Blah, 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 blah. This is the kind of guy Cal Corp is.
2: Even crossed the street until the press bus had left uh, towards the uh, overpass to go to Parkland Hospital to find out what had happened to President Kennedy. So when people cite these witnesses, just they're not credible. They were exposed years ago. I did it. Other people did it. And again, the photographs are there. Now, what about this uh, uh, so-called three seconds? Or uh, th-
1: I don't think many people are holding up Gene Hill and Ed Hoffman and Gordon Arnold as these great witnesses. We take into account what they say because they were there. But I don't think anybody's relying solely on their testimony as proof of anything.
2: Three shots in six seconds. Well, again, that's another conspiracy confabulation. Where was the so-called confabulation? Somebody gets three shots off. First of all, it's only two because the first one is in the chamber ready to go. If you look at when the first shot actually happened, it was eight and a half to nine seconds that Oswald had to fire off three rounds, actually only two more, because the first one's ready to go. We know that the first shot missed because people saw it hit the pavement. It ricocheted and injured an innocent bystander named James Tague. It nicked his cheek. FBI found the curb where the bullet had nicked it. They did a metallurgical analysis, proved it came from Oswald's rifle. And people say, well, Oswald's rifle didn't have his fingerprints on it. That's not true. You can look at photographs of his fingerprints. They're available. They were never classified. I have a set of them. So again, the list goes on and on and on of just lie after lie after lie of what these conspiracy nuts will say. (laughs) It's Roswell or alien autopsy or Bigfoot. Pick your cause. So the same.
1: So now we're lumped into the same. Category is aliens and Bigfoot, and uh, we're all the same. All of us conspiracy nuts.
2: They use English that is unique only to their delusional world. They Hmm. outright lie. They distort what people say. They bring in voodoo science that isn't really grounded in science. (laughs) And in the case of Kennedy, again, if you look at the Zabruder film, and you think people always fall backwards when they get shot, you're getting that from where? not real-life experience, but from Hollywood and TV, which means you're getting it from nothing. So I understand that the idea that a lone nut can kill the most important person on the planet or most powerful person at any time is a bit hard for people to accept. We want to say, oh no, it had to be some big, grander thing. No, it wasn't. And History is full of plenty of examples of that happening. If somebody really wants to hurt somebody or take them out they can do it anytime, anywhere, anyplace with enough proper planning. So these documents are going to come out. The American people deserve to know. Proper the truth, planning, but there will not be anything. That but he was an opportunist. To... It shows there was a conspiracy. Why? Because it never happened. In fact, the only conspiracy, like the so-called MJ12 or Roswell UFO cover-up, exists only in the, in the imaginations of its promoters. <laughs>
1: there you have it folks Cal's Corner I just wanted y'all to hear this because it's some of the most smug assholedness douchebaggery that I've heard lately on the case for somebody to just spit out what they've heard (laughs) but this guy supposedly been researching the case so diligently for the past 16 years okay buddy Sure thing. You can, You don't even get the shot sequence right. Okay? That's what the, the Warren Commission said before the discovery of James Tagg. They said the first shot missed, the second shot hit both, and the third shot was a headshot. But then after James Tagg was discovered to have been hit by a fragment, they changed the shot, shot sequence to the first shot being the shot that hit both men, the second shot missing, and it's the third shot being the headshot. So <laughs> this guy has got so many facts backwards and he just loves to bash conspiracy nuts as he calls us. And uh yeah, I heard this and I just I got so pissed off. I just wanted to do this, put it on the show, and let the whole world hear it. So this recording from the X Zone Broadcast Radio Network was used under the duress of the Fair Use Policy of the United States of America to illustrate the disinformation, the misinformation being fed to you by the so-called pseudo-paranormal, parapsychology-laden X-Zone Broadcast Network and Calcor Show in particular, cow's corner but as he said in this show many times that his show was executive produced by none other than rob mcconnell so there you have it folks and i would encourage all of you folks out there make sure you shoot over an email to www.xbn.net and let old rob mcconnell know what you thought of the Cal corf show on j f k, or you can tweet'em at x zone radio t v all one word the letter x z o n e r a d i o t v on twitter let him know what you thought about his boy cal korf's j f k show and the diss and misinformation that it was riddled with. And uh, if they'd like to hear it uh, refined and told the way that it was supposed to be, make sure you send them a copy of this show. Anyway, folks, I can't take any more of listening to this nonsense. I've had enough for one show. I hope you have to keep fighting the good fight. This son of bitch is in the can, beaming up to the satellite, down directly to your ears, people. This is your boy peace